Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where we brave scanning the net to find all the deep history and lore of cyberpunk. I'm Toasty, a fixer that's new to Night City with a desire to jump into the details of this gritty setting. And I'm Genesis, an old school media tech with a love of character deep dives. Together, we will bring you the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future. We've got incoming. Let's Delta. Hello, chooms, and welcome back to another episode of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I'm your girl, Genesis, and with me, as always, is Toasty. I'm really excited to talk fashion tonight. There is so much lore and interesting culture within Japan to talk about. What about you? You excited? Um, I would be excited if I wasn't super serious toasty for tonight, so... I don't want I super serious this- toasty. <laughs> Do you have a scream sheet to go over? Last week, we said that we were going to talk more about elf lines online. And honestly, there's actually enough information on it to do like a whole mini episode or include it with another episode. But too much info to include it on this one because we already have a whole lot to talk about. So I'm just going to give you guys the plot of the game in their little blurb, and then we'll do a deep dive on it on a later date. So I took this directly from the RPG quote-unquote quote handbook that came out for Elf Lines Online. Uh, and I'm going to try my movie trailer guy voice on it, so we'll see how this goes. Long before the events of the games, the Elflands were populated with magic elves and were protected by a hero. However, the hero died and evil forces have returned to destroy and take over the land, bringing the plague of miasma with them, which steals the elves' magic. In the time when the game is set, new heroes are rising up, seeking to return the Elflands to its former glory, and hoping to become the new hero of the land. Coming to you next summer. (laughs) Maybe you should do the voice. Why am I movie trailer guy? Toast, you should be movie trailer guy. I just have heard that so many times. Like, just that part. This is like next summer. Coming to a tale of adventure in the Elflands. (laughs) Do it. I want a toasty take of this. No, 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 no. We gotta get through this episode, Jim. We gotta actually do the episode. But then we can put the toasty take in as a blooper for our patron exclusive content. And they don't need it. Oh, fuck you. 
All right. All right. Maybe by the end of the episode, I'll convince him to go back and read it in the trailer voice. But we'll just have to see. But tonight we are talking about Japan some more and diving into the cultural side of it and not just kind of the major events that happened there. All right, so I will kick off the show tonight and talk about Japan's society as a whole. Now, Japan is a highly urbanized society with about 90% of the people living in urban city landscapes. And well, yeah, we talked about this last week about how they don't have a whole lot of landmass to begin with. So everything's going to be urban and it's there's not a whole lot of farmland. So, yeah. The society is divided into various strata, the royalty, the rich people, basically the corporate executives, the middle class of the corporate grunts, and the poor. The people utilize a lot of high-tech that is developed domestically, and which provides an interesting contrast with Japan's ancient cultures and many traditions. Etiquette, punctuality, and harmony is most important. And traditionally, Japanese culture favors group thought and not individual ideals. Despite Japan often being known for very little crime, Tokyo, Osaka, and Nagoya see more crime due to the influx of foreigners and refugees, and it receives terrorist attacks due to the country's thriving economy. Japan becoming the biggest superpower in the world has also made the citizens work harder to maintain their current status. So, uh, part of this societal uh, structure here that we have is uh, the members known as the salarymen. Which uh, I just realized. And they be salary people. Uh this is probably from an older uh, book, I would imagine. So, um, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, going salary men. I mean, saying that I think men is definitely the general term for here. I don't believe that only male variety people could be the owners of, you know, small corporations and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's like different because I, I'm not entirely familiar. I was trying to do some research just like to see like the like level of like gender equality in Japan. I wasn't really finding like too much concrete. Well, there's a lot of like really concrete stuff that was just like so much words to get the answer I was looking for. That I was like, but I think that it's not quite as there's still a a bit of a gap yeah but i know that they're like uh but you know i know that does kind of come up a lot in like eastern cultures with uh just like the the gap between gender like level of gender equality but i would imagine in cyberpunk i, I would have figured that that would be a thing that was like let's say eradicated but Right, because especially in cyberpunk where everything, everything to me feels kind of fluid, you know, uh, gender reassignment surgery is much more accepted and easily to get. Um, and uh, it just, at least it, from what we see in the game, it's pretty widely accepted. And then... I would have to do a little bit more actual actual reading of the stories within the role-playing handbooks, because generally when I'm going through them, it's because I'm looking for an item or a thing. Yeah. I'm not reading the actual stories in them. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, uh, the salarymen, uh, these are corpos and other white-collar workers who show overriding loyalty and commitment to their workplace, whether that be official corporations or self-employment. Salarymen either become megacorp executives or own their own small corp or business. Salarymen are known for working many hours, sometimes over 80 hours a week. Hell no. <laughs> I know. You can... I struggle with my 40, bro. 
<laughs> I'm gonna lie. I work like 39 because I always want to leave like an hour early, at least one day a week. <laughs> um, extreme pressure on salarymen can lead to death by overwork or paroshi. I think is the term associated with that. So, yeah, it's rough. That's rough. I mean, 16 hour days a day is, I mean, working doubles every day. Mm -mm. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Yeah, because what, if you're working, assuming you're working like a standard five days a week, is yeah, that's 16, that's... Would you have to split that up if you wanted to work seven days a week, like the least amount of hours in a day? Uh, Would still be an eleven, almost twelve-hour shift. No, 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 thank you. Oh Ugh. man, that's rough. But yeah, so uh, they work real hard. Okay. Now let's move on to something a little bit nicer than eighty-hour work weeks. And get to the style house of Japan. Now, in Japan, kawaii means cute, pretty, darling, coquettish, or sexy, and has an important role in style. Kawaii is often used to describe small, cute things you just want to hug and protect. Mascots, names, clothes, and idols all strive to be kawaii. Uh, so, I love kawaii. I am not a kawaii girl, though. Like, I am not cute. I am not darling. I am not pretty. I can act coquettish and sexy, but that's different. You can also... S Gwen Stefani has a big kawaii attitude. And a lot of who we can see in, like, real world... I was about to say real world Noosa, but that's not what that is. In the real world states, uh, there is a huge kawaii influence, um, especially in like the teenage crowd or even the pastel goth. There's a lot of things that this uh, reaches to. Go ahead, go off. Give you that paragraph a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit. Um, I'm just going to move on. You might get serious toasty now just because part of him just died there, I think. Part of him just died a little bit. <laughs> what? The kawaii? No, stop. I will leave. I will leave you to do the rest of this alone. <laughs> Please do not. I can't. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Anyway... In the discos and clubs, girls compete with each other to see who's prettiest. These uh, body con or body conscious girls show up wearing tight next to nothings and lingerie that show a lot of skin or chrome, depending on uh, what they're they're running with as far as as far as like fashion wear goes. <laughs> and a, a note that I, I kind of deleted from this too was that um that uh, often uh, nudity, complete nudity is considered, but it's illegal. So uh, not people don't do it as often, but I'm sure they would considering this is the, this is cyberpunk. I mean, people will walk around nude. Don't we see that? I feel like we see that sometimes in the game where people mm -hmm. are just walking on the street, just naked. So uh, I'm sure it would happen if it wasn't illegal. Um, and I'm sure it still happens, honestly, because who, who listens to the laws and it's, cyberpunk society Ryan, um, why are you gonna shoot me for being naked i mean that's fair it does seem pretty silly another part of this uh fashion for them is uh the waist pouch um uh, which you know consider all the items that you need to carry around uh acts like a purse but you can attach it to your belt um essentially it's a fanny pouch yeah, I but was like, why do they got to come out of weight? Oh. Well, fanny yeah, packs are coming stylish. back right People now anyways. like this. Well, they can come back, but just because things come back doesn't mean they're stylish. 
Uh, I will only ever accept one person in my life wearing a fanny pack and it actually like works. And that's my friend Alejo. He's the only person I've ever seen. Like, I just can't imagine him without the fanny pack at this point. Um, <laughs> but it works. It works. It's just part of him. But anyone else, I'm like, nah. Okay. I can do it. I can do it. Why do you wear fanny packs? Do they just No no no. Um I have one that's not a traditional fanny pack because it's now like the ones that we see in today's real world modern fashion is more of a bandolier style. So it's the exact same shape of a fanny pack, but it's across the chest rather than in a belt format. Those are fine. I've been seeing those a lot. Like that that's fine. It does seem like that's kind of coming out as part of the fashion. But like actually wearing it like around your waist, mm, I don't know. Yeah. I guess you do you. To be fair, I I also like to dress for comfort and convenience. So if it is convenient for you, just do it. Don't actually listen to me. My opinions don't matter. Anyways, back to waist pouches. Uh, you can use one pouch uh, for many belts to try and, you know, I guess, save on cost. But generally, uh, the truly stylish people will get one to match every single one of their outfits. Um, so, like a lot of, a lot, I guess, fanny pack or waist, sorry, waist pouch sales in Japan are pretty crazy. Edgy of Japan's more minimal outfits are all the rage and is. Kataginu suits. Kata, Kataginu? I think that's Kataginu. right. Uh, yeah, something like that. Uh, which are jackets with the old samurai wings um, are very appealing to men. Uh, Edgy of Japan is a particular fashion uh, designer and distributor in mm. Japan. They're like a small corp. They're they're considered a small corporation, um, but they they focus in like fashion, like uh, and I think generally it's a it's a casual wear, but uh, generally it sounds like they make a lot of like business style clothes. Mm. For what I was, <laughs> yeah. If the name suits is in your title, I don't think you're doing a whole lot of casual. Mm-hmm. A plethora of services exist for all bends of life, and new ones are invented every day. Sex is a way of life, and sodomy is not a sin, nor is it illegal. Senseis of sex are highly admired. No technique or activity was reproached until the Meiji, or the current era. Then, the ideals of purity versus corruption started to be imported in the Meiji area, where the Victorian Gaijin came into the country. For a while, up until the 70s, Japan was pretty uptight too. But at the end of the century, people started to loosen up again. Almost all girls are into kawaii things, and some kind of go overboard sometimes. Uh, it's all braids and stuffed animals, short skirts on their sailor suits. It's very specific. Uh, kittens and bunny ears, big eyes, and really high squeaky voices. Elf, bunny, and kitten exotics are more extreme measures that people pursue for kawaii <laughs> okay, so the exotics is what Jay was talking about a couple weeks ago, where you cr- craft your body to look like the animal that you want to be, right? Animal or, um, which are the more common ones, but there's oh. also like, exa- like this one, elf, um, there's examples of like other things. It's essentially like an extreme, like bodily change into something else like mm-hmm. like an intense uh, amount of like bio sculpting for your body to get somewhere essentially so okay yeah yeah so i, just, I, I said animal and then i realized that you just said the word elf elves are people too i understand <laughs> yeah, but 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a big thing for them. They'll, they'll love it. So. Yeah. All right. So androgyny. Oh, this one's interesting because another cultural concept is the way of the Bushido, the way of the warrior and the samurai's life. They don't equate courage to looking big and masculine. Japanese people are generally not the largest people in the world, so they don't see body size as a skill. Sometimes people who are charming and courageous pop up. From the very beginnings, effeminate heroes have been around. In Kabuki, the most charming female roles are best played by men. And in the Osaka Tarazuka opera, women play all the roles. Yin-yang theory says that combining opposites, you become stronger especially in the music world. You'll see many famous Japanese rockers with feminine bioscopes, big hair and makeup, wearing leather and lace. I like that. And you see that too with Carrie. Like like Carrie Uridine in 2077, you see him with, you know, like in his 80s day, yeah, he's got like the huge feminine looking hair with like the... Kind of, and then he's wearing makeup in like every scene you see him in. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. So it definitely, uh, yeah, it's like definitely a thing. And I know because I think um, I'm trying to think specifically because I think it's only really Carrie that does that when it comes to samurai. Because I know what Johnny looks. I don't think Johnny. I can't imagine Johnny going on stage looking anything other than what he was. And I wouldn't like he didn't go into it like he was just his standard self, like, you know, his like the outfit we see him in all the time. And there's like, I guess maybe, you know, the alternate Johnny uh, appearance thing or whatever. But mm-hmm. it's still like. I don't know. I don't think I would describe anything about his like uh, appearance for that to be effeminate. Um, no. I do remember like I remember specifically the the scene, like the flashback scene. Carrie's got like the huge hair. He's got like, uh, like he's wearing like the like, like what I women like I imagine women doing like Pilates or whatever, like whatever the thing is. Oh. Like he has like the big like the big ass ankle warmers and like the skin tight like silver suit mm-hmm. is like during that concert or whatever. They definitely, and, but we know that he's more because I can't think of anyone else besides like I I know the other ones were there, but like I can't remember what any of the other ones look like during those scenes and if they're doing it but we do know that he it carries specifically comes from the philippines so he's more of like a uh like that eastern style like influence on himself Mm -hmm. so i think johnny wears filipino right yeah okay just making sure um i think johnny wears guy liner but I don't see that being effeminate. You know, he's not trying to feminize himself by wearing eyeliner. No, that's just punk rock, Johnny. Um, yeah. And no, I don't remember what Henry or Denny were wearing in the past. I remember what Henry wears in the future. But I don't remember what they looked like back in the day. Um, because you really want to see like the perspective of like Johnny going on stage to see, and it's just Carrie, like, because the rest of them are kind of like further back, you mm-hmm. know. So I'm going to go. I might have to go back and look just to see what if if any of the other ones match that, or if it was like a Carrie thing. But I just remember I was looking like Carrie. I was like, he looks like a jazzercise. Uh, it looks like he's yeah. wearing jazzercise clothes. <laughs> Yeah, like he looks like he's he steps straight out of like uh an 80s music video with like like a for a female lead singer mm-hmm. or just a, a female musician. All right. So, before we move on to more styles in Japan, let's jump into our mid break uh, cuz we've got some cool things to talk about.
going into our mid break. Now, we don't have any new patrons to call out this week, and we are always so happy that the 15 we have are here with us, listening to the episodes, and uh, getting all of our bonus content and bloopers. We actually changed this up a little bit just because it's so much easier for me to make a completely separate bloopers episode. So if you don't want to listen to the episode using the Patreon app, you don't have to. You can just download the little blooper reel episodes that will now be coming out each week. If we have one, of course, if there was no real content for us to cut and remove from the main episode, then obviously there's not going to be a blooper episode that week. But We'll see what happens this week. That's the <laughs> no, <thing. laughs> no. There's been, there's been, there definitely been some bloopers. I don't know if there's, uh, I don't know if they're bloopers we should release to the public. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's been a day. It's been something for sure. <laughs> yeah, bloopers and tangents. Uh, you should be able to download uh, directly from Spotify or directly from Patreon. And go from there and listen to all of our weirdness. Um, now, we also don't have any new reviews to read out this week, but there is something new in Spotify. They have finally come out with a way for people to leave typed out reviews. Now, you can't just like review the show as a whole. You review each episode. So each episode has in the show notes and descriptions right under it. Um, I had to click on the see more button and then it dropped it down and it said Q&A. What did you think about this episode? And then I was able to type out a full reply. I think it was like, I think it's like Twitter rules, 140 characters or less. And then submit it. Then that comment is then sent by email to the cyberpunk lorecast at Gmail. And then I'm able to approve it from there. Um, as long as you are not a spam bot or any like, as long as you're not a spam bot, I'm going to put your comments through. Um, Cause I think that's fair. Uh, if you have something nice to say or something constructively not nice to say, uh, we'll put, we'll put through all comments. Um, we haven't decided yet if we're going to read each one of those comments out on the show yet. It all depends on how much we get. And we'll see. yeah, we'll see. It depends. Cause if a bunch of people start leaving comments, you know, there's just not going to be enough time for it. Right. But you know, we see one like incredibly endearing or um you know toasties in a spicy mood and sees one that was super rude i may we may bring it out onto the show so that we can either thank you profusely or i can roast your ass <laughs> <laughs> i like it um and of course if you do leave a review on itunes or audible or any other type of podcatcher um and if you play the Cyberpunk TTRPG, your DM owes you 10 IP per Jay Gray. Look, we don't make the rules, but Jay literally does. So go cash them in. The other thing that I have to shout out, of course, is our code on fanrolldice.com. Uh, use the code CPLC at checkout in order to get 10% off of your entire order. Got anything else to add to the middle of the show? Oh, I added my part. I added my bit of spice. Leave the spicy reviews for Toasty to come roast you. I like it. And we are going to head back into the show and talk about Aragato and Kata? I don't even know what those words mean. So please, let's do another round of vocabulary with Toasty. Right after this. Uh -oh. All right. So, yeah, uh, vocab time with Toasty. Uh, so, 
Aragoto is um, it roughly translates to uh, rough style, which is the kind of yeah the kind of like fashion for this particular uh, or this type of fashion. Sorry, um, and uh, kata is associated with like martial arts. Like you go through your katas, which are like your stances whenever you're practicing um it kind of mixes up they include that kind of aspect where it's not as like it's not as strictly like martial arts stuff but they have like the different like levels of this particular rough style and to elaborate upon that uh so uh it is a type of kabuki style um like martial arts kabuki has kata the still pose and expression that shows your emotion, in this case, usually crazed for, for Aragoto, uh, before explosive action. The verb of this is kabuku, to look crazy or to borrow and vogue another personality. Standing up hair is deep anger. Face painting is fighting spirit. And there are a range of other emotions that can be depicted depending on the design. Rockers, as well as Boso, Bosozoku, uh, those like uh, young motorcycle gangs, um, teamers, and other bad youth borrow from this. They want to threaten the status quo, corpse lifestyles, so they can adopt this style for maximum effect. So the crazy face painting, that reminded me so much of there was the scene in edge runner um the gangs that i think that took out the mom and then we saw them like crashing the car do you remember what i'm talking about like they had the crazy face painted he almost looked like the joker on like crack I'm trying to remember. I can't remember the face specifically for that part. It was the animals. Uh, it was the animals versus the tiger claws, and it was a tiger claw that. Oh, would it be? Like are you talking about fake. later when the tiger claws are chasing them when they steal the car? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, I know. Okay. I got you on that. The the one particular one that attacked them that main turned into red paste <laughs> yes 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 okay so yeah. it wasn't during the mom stuff it was with main okay but yeah that's the face paint that as soon as you were reading that that's who popped into my head mm-hmm. yeah i mean the 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 tire claws which do have there's japanese roots so it's and they are the like gangers and street toughs that tend to make use of this particular style so uh it makes it makes perfect sense i think he had like the real spiky hair too right like he had like spiky mm-hmm. mohawk or something yeah so uh in that case yeah it would be anger and fighting spirit with a, for a combination of both of those so all right until he went splat <laughs> until he went splat okay now these aragato uh they use makeup and face painting, also known as kumadori, to look tough and modify their school uniforms. Collars became very high and pants very baggy, and girls lengthen their skirts to the ground, and pockets, studs, and extra buttons are put on the uniform so it looks like some kind of armor. And of course, they tag their territory with kanji graffiti, uh, because being busted is very easy. Many wear shades, masks, and bright makeup to hide their identity. And the Yakuza follow this, too, with their brightly colored suits, shades, and dye-punched perms and tattoos. So many different groups there from, you know, more young to more more young and rebellious to, you know, even more established uh, organizations like the Yakuza. So because they've been around for a while in cyberpunk. Yeah. I have a kanji tattoo on the back of my neck. Tiger. It says tiger. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, 
<laughs> Moving on to one of my favorite things, in, uh, which is food. So we're done. We're done talking about style. We're moving on to the culinary arts. I was about to say. I was like, we're 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 we've moved off of style, and we're moving into lifestyle, hmm. <laughs> which I guess we're still technically on style because that word is in is in lifestyle. So. Uh, but but food, the culinary arts. Um, so I found this super interesting whenever I was uh, reading about this. So most food in Japan is real. Oh. Which what we're used to when it comes to cyberpunk is very much fake synthetic foods, right? Like, like Night City, I don't, like you have to go to like the top level like places in order to get like real food. Um, especially like proteins and stuff uh but uh, of course except for the poorer areas of the country um a lot of international food is available in tokyo but the most popular national dishes are noodles sukiyaki and tempura for more adventurous and i imagine wealthier uh eaters there is sushi and sashimi um i'm imagining that like that kind of stuff is probably like corp exclusive. I feel like, like I, I don't know. I just like, I, I'm trying to think about like what sushi costs like today. Right. And trying to compare that to like what it might cost in like a cyber, like in cyberpunk. Like you, I feel like you got to be like a, like an exec, like like top level corporate exec to, to uh, be able to afford like sushi or sashimi um, like legit sushi because that's the rice that's the seaweed or the and then the fish and then whatever other stuff that you have in there yeah that's gonna be fucking pricey and this is real fish so yeah uh department stores often have whole floors of restaurants and cafes and the numerous Japan rail stations around the Yamanote line are ringed by streets of restaurants serving all manners of food. Major office buildings usually contain basement restaurants catering to salarymen. And in Tokyo, there are plenty of restaurants on the top floors of the skyscrapers with cool views of the city. Ocha, or green tea is often served free at Japanese style restaurants. I do love a good green tea. Uh, so the restaurants and the views seem super cool, but what else is there to do? All right. So in the country, there are many establishments such as bars, cabarets, nightclubs, discos, beer halls, and VRCades, and so on. Some of them are quite expensive and therefore only cater to an exclusive clientele. Others are frequented by the average corporate office worker who after an obscenely long day, needs a couple of drinks, snacks, and a good laugh. Within this category, there are hotels, cocktail lounges, and bars, beer halls, and summertime beer gardens on the rooftops of the offices and department store buildings. I, that, that's my scene. Like, a good, noisy dive bar, hanging out with your friends, uh, just shooting the shit. Uh, but then, like, summertime beer gardens or rooftop bars, those are cool. You know, city, I, I have a rooftop bar that I like to go to that is, like, on the 20th floor of the building. And so you can just, like, look out over the cityscape. And I love it up there. Speaking of other uh, alcohol-serving establishments, uh, we have the Aka Chochin, uh, which are red lantern places, generally inexpensive and serve beer, sake, and whiskey, as well as a wide range of tasty snacks 
like yakitori or barbecued chicken and grilled fish. Other types of pubs are yakitori uh, specializing in yakitori snacks and robata yaki. Uh, where ingredients are grilled at your table as you eat and drink. It was fun. I mean, is it kind of hibachi-esque from like the stuff that like we tend to go to where they mm-hmm. kind of cook everything right in front of you? So, Yeah, I've been to Korean restaurants like this where they legit have like the grill is part of the table and you cook all of your own food. Yeah, I've I've been to I mean probably quite a few of those honestly. So um, it was like a big a big thing in one of in like my hometown. They just had they had like four hibachi grills, like restaurants. I don't know why. Um, um, there's also Western style pubs, um, which have more standing room than Japanese versions and serve a wider variety of drinks together with Western food. Uh, so I guess for going for the more of that uh, American European feel, um, and then also uh, the beer halls and gardens, uh, which are safe, reasonably priced eating and drinking houses. In summer, there are a number of beer gardens which spring up in unlikely, unlikely places such as office roofs. My favorite wine houses. They are very popular, and a number of good ones are found in Ropokoni and Ginza. Hmm. Offering Those wines. Yeah, yeah. I just wasn't sure on the pronunciation of it until I said it out loud. <laughs> they offer wines and meals at reasonable prices. I also like reasonable prices. <laughs> now, bars- well, I mean, what are reasonable prices in Cyberpunk? probably expensive as hell (laughs) i don't know man sometimes cyberpunk prices are really really strange like i can buy a keg for 32 dollars or a single drink for seven so i mean it's like i guess it all depends on that's fair yeah Uh, Bars, cabarets, and nightclubs. In Tokyo and other major cities, these places tend to be expensive. The same kind of expensive that only caters to certain variety of people. Because of the higher costs, most of these places are only for expense account corporation entertainment. (sighs) Basically, the corpse, they get... Yeah, they just get a a little... Corpos with a trust fund. This is the best way. Mm -hmm. Essentially. Yeah. I just write it off as a business expense. How nice. Holy, can't you wish you could just drink alcohol and write it off as a business expense? Be nice, right? Sounds dangerous, too, though, honestly. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the way it was back in like the 70s and 80s. It was called a three martini lunch. Because uh, you would go out to wine and dine your prospective client that you're trying to sign on. So you'd take them out to drinks on your lunch and expense it to the the corporation. Yeah. I love that little voice you did there for it, too. So. I know. The voices are starting to come out, so it means that we need to wrap up the show. It's okay. We're on the last one. (laughs) (laughs) The video games, arcades, and pachinko. Now, these are state-of-the-art video game arcades are found in Tokyo using 3D VR technology. A very traditional game is pachinko. It is a Japanese pinball where players sit at their upright machines row after row, feeding in steel balls in hopes of winning small gifts. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, this is like Plunko, right? Where you put a ball in at the top and it bounces around through a whole bunch Mm -hmm. of pins and then at the bottom, if it lands in the right slot, you get a prize. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. I I don't know where the difference came in between like Plinko, Pachinko, but... Like, I know they're both accurate. I don't know if Plinko came in as like a 
uh, a westernized version or something. Uh, well, not it. Plinko is the um, not Wheel of Fortune. What is it? It's the other wheel game. Um, the Price is Right. Plinko is the Price is Right version of it. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. My, we have went on a wild journey and ride today. Like we have talked so about sorry. so much stuff. No, I love it. I mean, this is why we made this episode a two-part episode, so that way we could talk about the culture of Japan in cyberpunk and how it has also affected the real-world things that we know about as well. Um, so this one was really, really interesting. I appreciate. Do you have any final thoughts or idea uh, things to wrap up about Japan? Uh, no, nothing too crazy. This is very interesting to like, kind of get a chance to explore in depth, like a the more like cultural side of like a cyberpunk place. Considering, because like, I mean, we see so much of it in Night City. Um, we get to like we get to experience Night City and like all the different like levels that it has to it when it comes to stuff like this. But like so far on our tour, we really haven't gotten a chance to like get this kind of information. And I, I get it; it's like not all the places are as fleshed out because you know, considering the United States is like the main place, Night City specifically when it comes to like the setting but of course like with japan and the importance of arasaka i can see where mm -hmm. this would be more fleshed out than some other places but i don't know i guess i'm uh i'm excited to see where else this expands to like this this where where else we might get this level maybe maybe somewhere like central america would be cool uh because that's kind of a big deal too so Guess we'll find out. Yeah, because we've definitely gotten a lot of information about the major events that have happened in the different parts of the world that we've talked about, because obviously those events affect everybody else. But we haven't had the opportunity opportunity to dive this deep into a people, a nation, a culture. And that's really, really cool. Um, the style. The style. The substance. Mm -hmm. The but style definitely. over substance. We're, getting, we're being a lot of substance. This is too much substance. This is cyberpunk. Gotta get uh, more style. You know, one thing that we like didn't talk about... Uh, one thing we didn't talk about was any illegal substances. Uh... What's the drug scene like out there? Maybe we'll have to look into that. Because, I mean, like, in Night City, we've got, like, the black lace, and we've got other types of stimulants and things like that. I wonder, I mean, how, how else are you working 80 hours a week and not healing over after, you know, a year of working at that level? I wonder if there are unfortunately drugs involved in that whatever cyberpunk cocaine is that's about i think that's black lace probably mm. it's probably closest the closest thing yeah and no, i'll be interested uh see if i could find any info on that because i mean my not 16 hour a day working corpo character in cyberpunk red uh is a drug user so yeah if if she needs the stuff then someone else like this is japanese corpse definitely do yeah all right i think that this is where we will wrap it up for the night 
Oh, so please go give us a follow on Twitter at Cyberpunk Lore and join us. Uh, hopefully people can join us at the end of the month for our Patreon chat. Uh, you can join that by going to patreon.com slash cyberpunk lorecast and finding us on there. Um, if you'd like to hear more from me, you can listen to the Two Girls One Ship podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. Um, I was re-listening to the Carrie episode today. Because I needed a little bit of carry in my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. I'm just going to listen to a Judy episode. I'm going to listen to the Judy episode that I was on of your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to myself gush about Judy for, I don't know, a fucking hour or something. It's been a minute since I've listened to that episode. I might go back and listen to it again. Hell yeah. Yeah, But uh, if you're looking to uh, hear more of me, I don't know why you would want to at this point. Uh, But um, other than that very specific Judy episode, um, I uh, also do the Witcher Lorecast um, with Tom talk about you know the Witcher kind of doing a similar thing touring around the globe over there. Um, just talked about Redania and Dijkstra. Um, I'm probably going to talk about so many more people to be honest. Uh, so I'm gonna be there for a minute. Um, I also do the Cyberpunk Red uh, live play podcast, Cyberpunked, Cyberpunk apostrophe D, with the Fumbling Four and Almighty Crit Gang. So. All fun times. All right. And at the end of the show, we shout out Miracle of Sound and his amazing music. And we use clips from the Neon Red instrumental remix of the Synthwave cyberpunk music. Uh, So go check him out on miracleofsound.rocks or his youtube.com slash miracleofsound. He's pretty damn easy to find all over the interwebs. And while you are out there, always remember, stay safe in Night City. Vault Dwellers, join me, Jaxus, Sassy Lady Rover, Eric, and the creator, Maverick, as we take topics from the Fallout universe and discuss them with other diverse individuals. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcast. You can follow us on YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter, or X, or whatever you want to call it, using at FalloutRTD. You can send us an email using FalloutRTD at gmail.com. Join us. The conversation has already started.